0: We are one, we are love, and we're all woven together Hi friends, welcome back to the Woven in Truth podcast. I'm Mallory Melcher-Post, your host, and I am thrilled you're hanging out with me today. Thank you so much for spending some time listening to the podcast. It means the world to us. Um, And I just am so beyond myself excited about our guest today. Um Lee Kennard is here with me. Lee, thank you so much for spending some time with me on the podcast. Oh, my pleasure. This has excited. been oh my goodness. You're one of my like favorite humans. I feel like you're one of those people where I just even hear your name, my heart like smiles. Like we, we've never lived very close to each other, but we've been like in a Venn diagram of each other's lives and I I just adore you. And I'm so excited to share you with some of the podcast listeners. Oh, thanks,
1: Mallory. I feel the same. I just adore you. And <laughs> I'm so excited to get this time with you. <laughs> so this is amazing. Oh. Um,
0: can you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourselves that are trying to get to know you a little bit?
1: Yeah. Well, I um, just had my 40th wedding anniversary wow. and um Steve and I have just been so blessed in our lives and gotten to to be in the kingdom for a long, long time and see a lot and travel a lot. And But my favorite thing is being a mom and a grandmom, actually. Mm. And I love my kids, my grandkids, so much. Um, we have two grandsons, and we actually get to live close to them right now, which is so much fun. That's and awesome. they are just... Yeah. Awesome oh. and teach me so much about God all the time. And just my family, um, I adore them. I'm grateful for the lessons I get to learn from being a mom and a grandma. Um, I love walks, I love leopard print, I'm so <laughs> much leopard print, everything to the point of gaudiness. And <laughs> um, <laughs> it's funny. To make fun of my mom for that, and then I started getting into it, mm-hmm. and then my daughter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, be careful what you make fun of people for. But um, let <laughs> me pick it up. But <laughs> I feel really honored to get to talk to uh, just share some things I'm learning today with you guys. I, um, you know, it's a journey, We're mm-hmm. on, all on a journey, and I don't have this down at all, so I'm learning with you and mm-hmm. looking forward to. Oh, wonderful.
0: And what are you going to be kind of talking to us about today?
1: Today, I'm going to talk about waiting with God Mm -hmm. and what that means and how we wait matters, Mm -hmm. actually. Mm -hmm.
0: That's so wonderful. And what like perfect timing for this, even personally in my life. I cannot wait to hear more. So please just dive in and I might pop in later.
1: Okay. All right. Um, well, you know, we're all waiting for something. Um, It's just a part of life to be waiting for something. And I want you to think about, okay, what is the first thing that comes to your mind when someone asks you, okay, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for right now in your life? Probably for a lot of us, the first thing that comes out, oh, for this pandemic to end, uh, so that I can return to normal, whatever that is. Maybe it's for someone that you love to turn to God. You're waiting for that. Maybe you're waiting for a new job, a new home, financial stability, health, um, healing, for a certain relationship, for your spouse to change, for your kids to change, to even have a spouse, to even have a kid. Um, Maybe some of us are in deep grief and we're waiting to feel better. Maybe mentally and emotionally we're feeling really unstable and we want to feel stable. Um, Whatever it is, I mean, the list goes on. How are you handling your weight? What do you struggle with as you wait? Um, For me, fear and worry are my default struggles. These are part of my sinful nature that I constantly have to fight and repent of, especially when it comes to my family. Yet I'm in the process of slowly learning that instead of waiting for God to fix things into what I want, I'm learning to go through the journey with him and fighting to trust the outcome to him. Now, full disclosure here, I'm not there. I'm working on it. The expression, abandon all outcomes, uh, someone threw that out to me a couple of years ago and I almost threw up. It's like, what? <laughs> um, it honestly challenges and terrifies me at times. But I desire the freedom and the peace that comes with this kind of faith. I know I'll be fighting this to my last breath, but you know what, I know that waiting with God changes me. Whether what I'm waiting for happens or not, I have no control over that, but I can control how I wait. I'm so blessed to be surrounded by so many amazing sisters in my life through the years, and I love getting to learn from them. Last year, one of the sisters in our region did a lesson on waiting on God. And it started me on this journey of studying out what god's definition of waiting is i looked up so many scriptures that i could find that with the word "wait" in it i reread elizabeth thompson's book when god says wait and i studied the verse in her devotional journal that goes along with that and through all these scriptures god is deepening my convictions on how much it matters how i wait um I want to understand God's truth about this word. Now, if you're like me, uh, I can tend to focus on the end result instead of the journey. What are we waiting for instead of how should I wait? Who will I be as I wait? Now, whatever came to your mind when I asked that question in the beginning of what are you waiting for? Let's look and hold on to that. And let's look at it in the context of how God says we should wait. Now I love studying the Psalms, especially which when I'm struggling emotionally, huh? which is a lot. Um, <laughs> and I'm gonna read the verses from the Passion Translation, um, just because it has a different twist on some of these words. And in Psalm 27, verses 13 and 14, just this is amazing. He says, Yet I believe with all my heart that I will again see your goodness, Yahweh, in the land of life eternal. Here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be brave and courageous and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting for he will never disappoint you. Now, the Hebrew word for wait is quava, which means to tie together by twisting, to entwine or to wrap tightly. Okay, now hold on to that. Then read Psalm 27, verses 3 through 5. In verse 3, he again mentions how he entwines his heart with God. Then he prays, God, direct me through my journey so I can experience your plans for my life. Reveal the life paths that are pleasing to you. Escort me into your truth. Take me by the hand and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. I have wrapped my heart into yours all day long. And I love this description of the psalmist, how he talks about waiting with God, that God's definition of waiting is to entwine my heart with him and his purposes. It's not passive. He says all day long, he's wrapping his heart into God's heart. And that means all day long, making that decision over and over and over to go through it with God. A decision to wrap my heart and entwine my heart with God can start now, with building this strong connection, I like to picture a rope. Like um, you picture a rope that's all twisted together and it's all entwined and it's so knotted together, so tight and it's strong, you just can't break that thing apart. It's functioning and it connects you to something very strongly. Now, if one strand of that rope comes undone, it starts fraying at the ends and eventually that one strand will weaken the whole rope and the connection falls apart. Mm. Now as we're waiting on God and envisioning this tight rope, how do we wait with Him? How do we stay this tightly connected? Like a tight rope. And I just want to share some basics in this area that I am learning, because the basics always work and they don't change. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Um Psalm mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so 131 Uh, The writer here says, Lord, my heart is meek, humble before you. I don't consider myself better than others. I'm content to not pursue matters that are over my head, such as your complex mysteries and wonders that I'm not yet ready to understand. I am humbled and quieted in your presence, like a contented child who rests on its mother's lap I'm your resting child, and my soul is content in you. O people of God, your time has come to quietly trust, waiting upon the Lord now and forever. And looking at the word waiting in this psalm, the way the writer starts, the foundation to wait with God is humility, um, to be a true learner. What does God want me to see and learn in this process? You know, this past year, I've said I don't know more than I ever have in my whole life, and probably you have too. Mm-hmm. Um, I realize how little control I really have, but you know what? It's always been this way. Now I love a plan. I love a schedule. I love my little schedule book. Sometimes I write things down just to check them off to feel like I've done something. I do. <laughs> Thank you. you. <laughs> it gives me this false illusion of being in control, though. And I'm learning, as the psalmist says, that I have to stop trying to figure everything out. I can't. Um, It's a full-time job just to do what's in front of me every day, and I'm not supposed to know. And the days that I really accept that, it takes so much pressure off, and it helps me be grateful that I get to be a learner. I have to be, have, work on my attitude. I have to have an attitude change. Versus, I have to say, okay, I get to learn versus I have to learn. Mm, mm-hmm. Now, both attitudes are true, yeah. but getting to indicates gratefulness and privilege. It makes me lighter. I have to indicates pressure and sometimes in a negative way. some practicals that help me personally as I'm striving to understand this, to be a learner in this area, is the first one is I keep a list of scriptures on God moving and always working. I keep an ongoing list of scriptures on God moving and how he's always working and how he always changes hearts and how he moves in ways I can't see. And I keep adding to it. It reconnects me to God, and the Old Testament is full of scriptures like this, how God changes hearts, how God's always moving, and then we get to Jesus, and he's a physical example of him moving, Mm -hmm. Um, in chapter 5, verse 17, Jesus says, my father is always at work, at his work, to this very day, I too am working. And I go over and over these scriptures until I can have a piece of that God is doing something. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but that he's always moving. And it deepens my faith. And it helps me get to the point that I really believe God has got this situation, this person that I'm hurting over or anxious about that God's got it. The word is so powerful in this area. And... I just hold on to that list, and I just carry it around with me, and I look at it whenever I'm stuck. Mm. The second thing that helps me is I pray the scriptures, mm. and the Psalms are great for this because God's Word says it better than I can. Yeah. And for example, in Psalm 130, verses 2 through 6, He says, Lord, I cry out to you out of the depths of my despair. Hear my voice, O God. Answer this prayer and hear my plea for mercy. Lord, if you measured us and marked us with our sins, who would ever have their prayers answered? But your forgiving love is what makes you so wonderful. No wonder you are loved and worshiped. This is why I wait upon you, expecting your breakthrough, for your word brings me hope. I long for you more than any watchman would long for the morning light. I will watch and wait for you, O God, throughout the night. I love this. I love how the writer gets at his emotions and yet, makes decisions from his time talking to God
0: mm.
1: of what he's going to do. Mm. He doesn't. I have no problem getting my emotions out. It's the decision part <laughs> that can be hard for me at times, and where I can get it stuck at. But I love that the writer shows us how to do this. Yeah. Um, sometimes I go through Paul's prayers and I personalize them. I I love them, especially in Ephesians. And I just fight to let God's words say it when I can't find the words. His Mm. words are better than mine. Recently, um, I read the verse in Revelation 8, verses three through four, about our prayers being an aroma. Mm. And he says here that um, he, he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all God's people on the golden altar in front of the throne. Together with the prayers of God's people, The smoke went up before God from the angel's hand. And, okay, full disclosure here, I don't understand much of Revelation, but I love (laughs) this image. (laughs) That my prayers live on, that they never die. They're like an aroma, like a lingering perfume. Years ago, I used to wear Georgia all the time. Mm -hmm. And people would go, you could always tell I was somewhere because you'd have smell of Georgia left. And (laughs) but i love this image of how my prayers will keep working long after i'm gone mm. and god mm. an angel got them in his hand the incense goes up to god and that's how powerful prayer is because of god not because i've prayed it but right. because of God. right um i have a friend that says that she believes every time she prays it's something like when she's praying for someone something happens with that person she's praying for that they get a thought, a memory, their heart softens mm-hmm. because God is always working and moving. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. The third thing that helps me is I put Jesus in the room with those I love or whatever the situation is. Mm-hmm. I just picture him and I put him in the room. Wow. Especially because I'm usually not there
0: mm-hmm. in
1: these situations. Mm-hmm. And I'm blessed with so many relationships through. Kingdom, but this is where I struggle the most because I there's so many people I love, right. there's so many concerns, right. and um, but I have to accept that it's not my place to prevent the ones I love from hurting as much as I wish I could. Wow. I have to trust that God has a higher purpose that I don't always see, mm-hmm. so instead of always trying to fix it, I must fix my eyes on Jesus and take them off myself. Mm. I'm here to tell you, in my head, I can go down some dark roads. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mm-hmm. old enemies of fear and worry can come up. And sometimes I'll share them with Steve and he'll go, How do you think like that? I'm like, I don't know. It's <laughs> awful. But I do.
0: Same, same. Jeremy's like, You're so
1: morbid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is just where I go yeah me too and i have to remind so okay they belong to god mm-hmm. and sometimes i know i try to hold so tightly yet who i am without being entwined with god helps no one mm, wow sometimes i watch that series the chosen over and over I don't know if you guys have seen it. My family makes fun of me because I love this series. I love how they picture Jesus. So he's my new Jesus in my head, you know, the guy on this show. And they do an amazing job of showing how he draws people to him, how you just want to be with him mm-hmm. whenever he's around. So I picture this Jesus. And I just put him in the room right beside that person I'm praying for or that I'm anxious about or worried for. Whatever works for you. You have to do whatever you need to do to give your concerns to him. Walk, sing, um, find your way to connect to get to the point of being able to really say, tag, you are it, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't do this. You got to take this. Mm -hmm. And I love how... Jesus himself says in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, most of us have read this for a lot of years, but honestly, I feel like I'm finally getting it in a different way. Come to me, all you who are weary, tired, burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now this verse needs a whole lesson, but for for the sake of today, just verse 29 here, um, in the Passion Translation, he gives the example when he says, take my yoke and learn from me, he translates it as bend your neck. Ooh. Bend your neck. And that just clicked with me how it's a deliberate decision to be humble, to not focus on anything but the union with Jesus, being connected with him, then the work is not burdensome. Mm -hmm. Then the rest can come. Making this decision to be with him in my heart, to Mm stay in my lane, let God be God and connect with Jesus. That's when the rest for our souls, mind and heart come from knowing deep in my soul that I'm connected with him, that God's plan is best. And honestly, this kind of rest is an act of faith. The fourth thing that helps is to, for me is to decide to trust God's timing. I really don't watch the news, but I do look at Facebook posts. And there were two in the past year that I really liked that have helped me. And one of them is when it's God's time, you can't stop it. When it's not God's time, you can't force it. Mm. And the other one is, there are two days a year you could do nothing about yesterday and tomorrow. (laughs) And sometimes I just go back to these two quotes um, to try to trust God's timing. I love in John 11, the whole story of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, and him being raised from the dead. And they were just in so much pain over their brother dying. And what Jesus said to them in verse four, he said, this sickness will bring glory and praise to God. This will reveal the greatness of the son of God by what takes place. And it really hits me in reading this whole story. I mean, please read the whole chapter. It's so amazing, but it's all about God getting the glory people seeing Jesus, not me getting what I want. Mm. I want what I'm going to to be fixed or to be over already. And in my nature, I ask, okay, how long will this take? God, are you listening? But God is listening and he hears us. Wow! One of my grandsons, he's three, he's just the best, they're both the best, but he went through this phase of when he wanted a snack or when he wanted something and he would go, no, 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 listen to me, listen to me, <laughs> and he usually would keep saying that if I wasn't giving him what he wanted, yep. you know, and giving it when he wanted it. He'd be like, listen to me. You're not listening to me. And I'd say, I am, sweetheart. I am, but not now. Yeah. And sometimes I think <laughs> I could be like that with God, yeah. you know, or yes. we'll think God's yes. not hearing us if we don't get what we want, yep. but he knows if and when is best. Mm-hmm. Trust mm-hmm. the timing. In Micah, chapter 7, verses 7 and 8, I love this. The writer goes, but as for me, I watch and hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. Mm -hmm. Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Sometimes I'll think the enemy's in my own head, honestly. Um, Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. I have to constantly fight to decide, as for me, I will hope, I will wait, meaning entwine and connect that I'll twist myself so tight with God. that when I fall, I get up. And in my darkest times, when God's answers may not look like what I think I want, that no matter how dark this pit is that I can get in, that I'm in it with God, Mm -hmm. He will light my way. He will give me hope. How I wait affects others. And I think this is so important to really realize um, that we have to strive to be who God wants us to be as we're waiting, as we're going through something. The end result can consume us and we can miss the special journey of the opportunity to entwine and connect with God in a way that we would never be able to if we weren't going through this. Right. To let him change us, to spend time wrapped in God's love, his heart, and getting to know him in a much deeper way. What a privilege to get to have this time with God, to fight, to see what he sees, to be an encouragement, to grow stronger, to give when I feel like I have nothing left. The times that I feel the most broken, um, it matters. I read this expression that broken crayons still color. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Entwine with God, hold on tight, twist tighter, refuse to go, and refuse to unravel from him. Keep that image of the rope in my mind and keep tightening up. We can be God's arms of love to others in our times of waiting. I read this story years ago, and I I constantly go back to it. I don't know if it's true or not, but it it helps illustrate this point. Two men, both seriously ill, occupied the same hospital room. One man was allowed to sit up in his bed for an hour each afternoon to help drain the fluid from his lungs. His bed was next to the room's only window. The other man had to spend all his time flat on his back. The men talked for hours on end. They spoke of their wives, their families, their jobs, their homes, their involvement in the military service where they had been on vacation, Every afternoon, when the man in the bed by the window could sit up, he would pass the time by describing to his roommate all the things he could see outside the window. The man in the other bed began to live for those one-hour periods where his world would be broadened and enlivened by all the activity and color of the world outside. The window overlooked a park with a lovely lake, ducks and swans played in the water while children sailed their model boats, young lovers walked arm in arm amidst flowers of every color and a fine view of the city skyline could be seen in the distance. As the man by the window described all this in exquisite details, the man on the other side of the room would close his eyes and imagine this picturesque scene. One warm afternoon the man by the window described a parade passing by. Although the other man could not hear the band, he could see it in his mind's eye as the gentleman by the window portrayed it with descriptive words. Days, weeks, and months passed. One morning, the day nurse arrived to bring water for their baths, only to find the lifeless body of the man by the window who had died peacefully in his sleep. She was saddened and called the hospital attendants to take the body away. As soon as it seemed appropriate, the other man asked if he could be moved next to the window. The nurse was happy to make the switch, and after making sure he was comfortable, she left him alone. Slowly, painfully, he propped himself up on one elbow to take his first look at the real world outside. He strained to slowly turn to look out the window beside the bed. It faced a blank wall. The man asked the nurse, what could have compelled his deceased roommate who had described such wonderful things outside the window? The nurse responded that the man was blind and could not even see the wall. She said, perhaps he just wanted to encourage you. (laughs) I know, I love that story. Oh my goodness. And how we wait matters. I think that story just kind of says it all. Mm -hmm. I'd love to close with a verse, Isaiah 40, verse 28 through 31. And thinking of waiting as connecting with God, as we read this verse, it is so empowering at what God describes. Don't you know? Have you been? Haven't you been listening? Yahweh is the one and only everlasting God, the creator of all you can see and imagine. He never gets weary or worn out. His intelligence is unlimited. He is never puzzled over what to do. He empowers the feeble and infuses the powerless with increasing strength. Even young people faint and get exhausted. Athletic ones may stumble and fall. But those who wait for Yahweh's grace will experience divine strength. They will rise up on soaring wings and fly like eagles and run their race without growing weary and walk through life without giving up. So, I love that verse.
0: Oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, my goodness. This is like blowing my mind right now. There's so much good stuff here. And I love the scriptures. I would love to ask you a couple more questions. I think, um, I think obviously in general, just to, to really focus on how much it matters, like how we wait and who we are in the weight, I think matters. And I love kind of like the intentionality and the, the verb that goes into so much of what you said, like there, there is, there is so much that I'm invited to participate in, in the weight, instead of just seeing it as kind of like a, a, a season of nothingness. Like, is there any, is there anything that I'm supposed to be doing right now? And I think, um, I loved your point when you talked about get your emotions out, but come to decisions and how we see this so much in the Psalms. But I feel like at least me personally, I get stuck in this. I, I get stuck in, in holding the tension between validating my feelings, my disappointments or whatever, And kind of surrendering, trusting, and holding to lordship in that. And I wanted to see if you could speak for a moment on that. Like, if you have any more thoughts on that. Because I just thought that was such a good point. Um, And I I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, I think. um, So you mean more like, okay, I still have all these feelings. And what do I do with them? Like, where do I go with this?
0: Yeah. And like just balancing that of like, hey, this is hard. I am sad. That's important. That matters. Not sweeping that under the rug kind of and just putting a, you know, Jesus, I love Jesus sticker on it, but like like balancing that.
1: Yeah. I think that um, sometimes what helps me is you know, I have good and bad days with this, honestly, good and bad times too, depending on what's going on. Sometimes I will allow myself, okay, I've got, I'm going to give myself like 15 minutes to have a full blown meltdown. and Time it. And then, and then After that, I'm going to like, that's it. I got to go. It's yep. like whether I'm resolved or not, mm-hmm. as I walk by faith and just put, in action what is right sometimes the feelings calm down sometimes they don't and that's when i have to go like okay i'm just walking by faith here this is what's mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. do i feel it no nope. do i want to no nope.
0: mm-hmm. but
1: i'm gonna go by faith and not sight right now that's when i think faith really matters Yep. and then in time god just sort through things he, he helps me you know sort through or put it in perspective and when I'm really stuck you know, I have a couple of friends that I'll call and and um, it's funny, we have this joke of we'll say, I'm done, I'm just done. Yeah, yeah. And we know we're not done, but we, it just feels better saying it. <laughs> it makes you feel <laughs> like you can do something. Like I have some I control. That's what, yeah. <laughs> I it's quit. I know. So we'll vent. you know, be like the one who's ever done at that moment. The other one is understood. We just got to hear them out and then yeah. they'll be okay. Yeah. And uh, and I love those friendships where you can do that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: just love the concept of like, I mean, maybe to you, it seems simple because you just have so much, you have so much depth of faith and you've, I think you've experienced this and you've seen God work, but I think for to some, to some degree, it does sound like, so insightful to say like, yeah, you pray through it, but then you you let the emotions out, but you come to decisions and you decide to trust God, sometimes maybe in spite of your feelings. And I think that that is huge. And like you said, that's when I think faith really matters. And then maybe when you look back, you, know, you have the 2020 vision of like, wow, like he was working and now I can see, but at the time I couldn't. And I do think there's something big about this because there's times where I've even gotten what I want Like eventually, but then I look back and I'm not really proud of who I was in the wait. Like I don't feel great about like man, I feel like I didn't fully embrace maybe where I could have been with God in that. And I love the idea of not thinking of waiting as a separate thing or something we have to compartmentalize for God from God, but something we really walk with God through. And I also loved your concept of putting Jesus in the room. I think that is so cool. Like, I love this because it's such a beautiful and relational concept because I feel like this could lead me to surrender so much faster. Like when I can kind of even conceptualize that, like that idea of like, tag your it, like I'm letting this go. I'm trusting you. You're going to do way better with this than I ever could. And picturing him there. I think that's so cool. And then I also loved when you said who I am without being entwined to God helps no one. And just that idea of humility, I didn't know if you wanted to expand on that at all, because I just thought that was brilliant.
1: Oh, man, when I'm not, when I haven't really connected with God and decided to try to be like Jesus that day or try to, I'm, I'm, my own, my nature is very, like I said, fearful Mm -hmm. and worry and then the fretting you know that's Psalm where he says do not fret it only leads to evil mm-hmm. oh my goodness because the things that can come out of my mouth mm-hmm. are definitely not godly yeah you know yeah in those times so I um I forgot the question
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really have a clear question I just love the concept of who I am without being entwined to God helps no one yeah yeah
1: yeah, exactly. My old nature's always there. Those two, those sins: fear and worry. Mm. And so, but and you know what I also do is I ask. I can annoy people with asking a million questions when I'm anxious, mm. and and instead of just letting them say what they need to say, and I don't have to dig it all out, and just mm-hmm. uh, I can be so annoying. That's who I can be without that. <laughs> so that's my family. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love it we just care so much right we just care um but i do think that's so cool like it's about god getting the glory people sing jesus in god's time not me getting what i want and like wow i think i can get so hung up on that last part and thinking about how things affect me and obviously god cares about that but i do think just kind of stepping back and holding that posture of like really wanting god to be honored and glorified and and really wanting to see him work not just me get what i'm hoping for in the way i'm hoping for it um i just think that's so cool obviously in theory i think sometimes in practice i get this i make this so much more complicated but oh my goodness i just think it's beautiful and i know you talked about how god will give you hope i think for some people who have waited a lot for things that are really big yeah, Maybe they've lost a little hope. Do you have a word for maybe some people listening that maybe are in that spot where maybe they don't even have hope anymore? Do you have a word for them?
1: Yeah, that's hard. You know, I have been there. And um, that is, I I pray, I just pray for little glimpses of hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and God will send something. Sometimes it's even such an encouragement an encouraging word from somebody a little thing mm-hmm. sometimes the littlest thing is all you need just that little <sighs> thing and I, I don't know I when I feel hopeless I try to give hope to others with what they're going through wow. I will try to because they I know the feeling and I know how much they need it because I feel I need it yeah And if I can get so stuck in my head, I have to deliberately decide who will I encourage today? Who will I reach out and try to give hope to? And honestly, it gives hope to people just to show them how to struggle. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like even when you're struggling with it and just say, you know what, I'm I'm feeling it too today. I really am. Mm Let's help each other let's let's pray about this. let's find the good mm-hmm. and um it, it's a battle. I don't think we have to uh, when we're in it. I don't even try to act like I have it together. Yeah. I can't do that I just yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like it is what it is, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you if you want to know, I'll tell you if you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> But I but also rem- I love how the Bible, too, what also helps me is how David would go through and he, in the Psalms. He would go through and they would remember all the times that God moved yeah. you know, throughout the Israelites' history. And he would, in some of his darkest times, he would make himself remember how God had moved in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that gave him mm-hmm. faith to know God would continue to move. And I do that, too. That helps me every time to do that. Mm-hmm
0: oh that's so wonderful thank you so much for sharing that and thank you just for sharing everything I loved this I just think this is so encouraging and refreshing it's different you know it's not just like okay well you know trust God smiley face it's like yeah, I, wish this had I know, right? Like it's such an invitation, you know, and participation and in, in God and his work and his sovereignty, you know, and in our loving savior, Jesus. I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful for you, Lee. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mallory. This was thank amazing. You. I feel like I'm going to listen to it every night as I'm going to bed, hear your voice. Just, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be my new call map is just Lee, Lee telling me. how to wait well it's the southern accent right it is the southern (laughs) accent and the heart behind it just makes it even better Um, well thank you again and thank you to everyone who listened we just pray that this really ministered to you and your season of wait wherever that may be our hearts are with you obviously we are together in this as sisters even though we might not even be in the same continent um but we are under the same loving father so thanks for spending time with us we hope this really encouraged you we'll catch you next time on the podcast we are one we are love and we're-